0: Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about life, love, and entrepreneurship. I am your host, Sarah Alipin. I am also the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And today I have my little Frenchie bud, Clouseau. And he is uh, taking a little snooze, but um, he's actually, he's been having a tough day because he's not feeling great. Um, So you may hear him when he wakes up, either snoring loudly uh, while he's sleeping or when he wakes up because the mail's going to be here any moment and he loves the mailman. (laughs) Um, Before we get started, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, it was really fun. It was all about... um, planning a unique ceremony and how, you know, we think, we think of, Creating a unique ceremony, as in like having different readings or maybe um, a different unity celebration. But Allie, the wedding officiant, was talking to us about other ways that you can create a unique experience for you, for your guests, and something that's just really, really super special. So I'm really excited for you all to hear that. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, So thank you, everyone, for tuning into the wedding dish today. I am very excited to dish with you. We are answering listeners' questions today. So these are always like some of my favorite uh, episodes because <laughs> they're my favorite and least favorite at the same time because they're only me and that's just not nearly as much fun as when I have a guest. Um, but I love seeing these questions come in and and I love getting to share some of the insight that I've gathered over the years. Um as a wedding photographer and um, and as someone who's in the wedding space and um, really surrounded by wedding things. So um, it's, it's fun to see what you all are asking about. So um, the first question I got was, should we do a first look? Um, I think we've tackled a similar question to this in the past, but um, the only reason I even remember that is because I defined what a first look was, um, and I think it was in season one. So let's make sure we, um, address that before we (laughs) answer this question. So, um, So for a first look, what that means is that is a separate moment where you and your significant other um, see each other for the first time. So if you're not getting ready together, but you want to see each other before this ceremony, and it's generally um, something that's highly photographed, And there are several reasons to do it, several reasons that it might not be the right fit for you. So, um, my answer to the question, should we do a first look, is actually it depends. And it's really all about what the two of you want. So, um, and logistics. Logistics are really important. So, um, in terms of if, first look, if you want something that is, if you want a moment before you walk down the aisle or before you meet each other, wherever it is that you're standing to get married, then, um, a first look is a great option for that. So, um, Sometimes it's nice if you want to get your photos out of the way so that you can be part of cocktail hour. Um, It does increase the amount of time that you will have a photographer there. So there's going to be more cost um, because it's about, it just adds about another hour into your day if you're doing a first look and then your staged uh, or your posed photos with your families or your wedding parties, um, whatever the case may be, and then photos of the two of you together. So what would normally happen? Um, in a traditional wedding, um, you know, from like way back when traditional was the only way to do weddings, um, because now they're all kind of non-traditional in a way, right? But um, the the traditional wedding, where the couple gets ready with their loved ones, and then they don't see each other until they walk down the aisle, um, that. After the ceremony is when the photos are taken, so that can um, that can mean that you're missing some of the celebration, whether that be cocktail hour um, or you know if there's if there's some sort of break that your guests are. Um, I've been to weddings where they've had guests go bowling between their ceremony and their and their reception, um, which was kind of fun and a, a really unique experience, and um, so you know you can. E- if you if you decide not to do the first look and to have the photos taken during that time, you are going to miss some of that. Um, now, on the flip side, if you don't want to have, uh, if you just don't want to see each other, or if the logistics don't make sense, for example, um, when I got married, we I got ready at the bottom of this hilltop um, like at the base of the hill that you wouldn't have been able to walk up. It was a, it was a drive situation. And, um, the wedding was up at the top of the hill. So there wasn't really a space where my husband and I could do a first look. Um, so it didn't make sense logistically. So that actually was kind of a relief that it could just be eliminated. Um, that I, I had one fewer decision to make because it just wasn't even an option. Um, because we would have had to have somebody get a car and drive me up the hill. And then if I was going to go back down the hill or um, the whole bus that was bringing my husband would have to weight. It was just the logistics of it were too much. So it wasn't worth even really like considering. Um, but I also, I wanted to have that first moment where, um, I was walking down the aisle and I saw Philippe and, um, that was important to me. So even if the logistics had lined up, well, I may have then questioned myself a little bit more and I, I probably would have arrived at the same place. And that's just my personal opinion where I didn't, a first look wasn't the right fit for me. Um, if you are trying to, if you want to have that quiet moment with your partner, with your significant other, then that's also an, a reason to do a first look. You know, it's a very quiet moment. Um, we took that quiet moment after the ceremony instead of before the ceremony, but it can calm the nerves. Um, it, it can just be really, special moment. So, um, it's really important to consider what you want. And there are a lot of things out there, including this podcast where people are going to give you opinions on that kind of thing. Um, but really in a lot of these questions, I highly encourage that you really like sit, sit with it and figure out what feels right for you. Um, it's just so important for for it to feel like it's the right fit for the two of you and um, you know everybody else has an opinion too but but um, at the end of the day this is your wedding so make sure that you are celebrating in a way that is authentic to what you want and um, and try not to feel pressured by what other people say and other people's experiences. Take them as they are. They are other people's experiences. That doesn't mean they will be your experience. Um, okay. So the next question I got is kind of funny. Um, do you have to blank question mark? And this cracks me up. The person that sent this in you are brilliant. Um, it's it's like you know me. I feel like you already know what I'm going to answer here. But my answer is no, you do not have to do anything that isn't the right fit for you on your wedding day. Um, there there is no piece of your wedding day that has to be cookie cutter that has to happen other than you know you need to sign your marriage license i guess is is the one thing you do have to do um so don't forget that that is one of that is, by the way, one of the most common things I see at weddings that's forgotten is the marriage license. Um, it's usually left in the charge of someone else, and because it's a piece of paper, it's not like a ring. Then that other person often forgets it. So just <laughs> keep that in mind. You know, take that take that for what it is. Um, make sure you you sign your marriage license at some point. Um, and um, outside of that, you know, I think really, I encourage you to remember why you're doing this and, um, and make sure that it it fits you. You do not have any obligation to do something that doesn't feel like the right fit, that just doesn't sit the right way in your heart. Um, it's your wedding. So make sure it's a representation of who the two of you are. Um, Okay, so my next question is um, the next question I got is how do I sort through all of the information that's out there? Um, there is so much information out there, and honestly, it's it's interesting because it seems to cycle in different ways, um, and and I see this through photos in the Hardy actually um, more so than even through the Wedding Dish. Um, so when I get an inquiry for uh, for wedding photography. There's like a question of the year that I, it must be like the knot or wedding wire or something. Somebody puts it out there, everybody else picks it up, and it's the question that I get asked by every couple. So a couple years ago, it was what is the percentage of black and white photos that you include in the gallery? Um, and then a couple, like the year before that, I think was how many photos on average do you take per hour? Um, it, it's, it's just really interesting. And, and they have those questions for every different facet of wedding planning, but there is just so much information out there and it's really easy to fall into the trap of like, I have to do X, Y, and Z or, um or, you know, I need to ask these things. And um it's, it's real, it can be really challenging to sort through that onslaught of information um, now, first of all, <laughs> that with things like asking questions of your vendors, you know, get a sense of who your vendor is, if they have a good, strong understanding of who you are. It's fine if you ask those questions, you know when people ask me the average number of um of photos that I deliver for a gallery well I, honestly my answer is always going to be it depends um because you know if they have um, if there's a lot of travel during that time frame, because it's continuous photography. So if we're going from like one place to the next place to the next place, we may not be taking as many photos throughout the course of the day, but we may be taking more like impactful um, photographs. Like if you're going to the monuments or something, it takes a lot in DC um, or I mean anywhere. If you're going between monuments, it's not like they all live right on top of each other. They're giant, they're monuments. <laughs> So, um, you know, you, you may have like more stunning, impactful photos, but you're going to have fewer photos. So, um, you know, the, my honest answer is always going to be, it depends. So, um, I think, you know, as you, as you're sorting through this information, if it seems like a question that you're like, why would I even ask that? Or information that you're like, why would I even do that? Um you know, it's, it's okay to reach out to somebody. It's okay to ask for opinions. Um, but you also don't have to ask those questions. Or, you know, if it doesn't feel like it's the right fit, um, a lot of what I tell people about wedding planning is to go with your gut. Your gut is so important. Your gut is something that is never to be undervalued. And if it doesn't feel like it's the right fit for you, whatever that information is, whether that be colors for this season, or, um, you know, different ways of setting up your ceremony or having a ceremony, or, um, who walks you down the aisle or whatever, you know, um, or which side you have to stand on, um, for the ceremony. That's always, that's such an interesting thing to you. Um, because the history of it is so fascinating. Um, but the, um, you know, for, in, in terms of sorting through the information, there's a ton out there. Um, make sure you trust your gut, check your sources. And, um, also, you know, I know this isn't part of the question, but as you're doing a lot of this information gathering, you are going to have a lot of situations where it's like, give me your email address and then you can download this freebie or whatever. Um, those tend to spam you. Like there are a lot of the wedding websites spam you afterward. They sell your info um, and they'll, they'll send it, you know, they'll also send you a million emails, but you can never get off their list once you're on. So, um, once you get married, then it goes into like the next stage, which is like buying a house or whatever. You start getting the emails targeted to that. And then from there it's having kids. And, um, so, that All that to say, make a wedding specific email address. Um, but if you want to stay up to date with your vendors, then make sure they have your actual email address later. So um, like if, if they're going to submit your wedding to a blog or something for a feature, then if you want to be able to like get that communication from them, make sure that you give them your email moving forward. Um, your vendors are not going to sell your email address. Um, they would, they, that's just not something that really is a thing. Um, but it is nice to have all the communication in one space too. And nice to have where, um, you don't have to dig through your personal email. It's, it's like Facebook, you know, you get distracted doing other stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's a, I would, I would always recommend making a separate email address before you start gathering some of this information because you do not want to be receiving targeted emails for the rest of your life about various stages of life. Um, It's, I I have a big thing about my email address. Um, which I think I give out at the end of this episode, actually, or in general. Um, Look at me. Ha ha. (laughs) All right. So um, let's see. What's my next one? Okay. Um, Do we need to invite plus ones? Um, And the next question is, do we need to have an open bar? So I'm actually going to lump these together, even though they seem like they're very different. Um, Both of them, I'm going to say, it's your wedding day. I think you need to do what's best for. You, um, if you're not drinkers and your friends aren't drinkers, you don't really need to have an open bar. Um, if you, frankly, can't, just really can't afford an open bar. Um, I am a drinker, so I always appreciate an open bar. Um, I also, you know, I I have only been to like two weddings that didn't have an open bar, um, and it's good to know in advance because when you when you don't have an open bar, then they need often need cash um, for the tip at least. So I would just notify your guests in advance. Um, same thing goes for plus ones. If you are not inviting plus ones and you think that there's going to be any question of whether or not that's happening, then you may want to have conversations. Um, you also are totally – it's totally valid to put restrictions on um, – Plus one. So, you know, if somebody has isn't dating someone, you don't have to give them a plus one. Although, if they are someone who's very uncomfortable and would feel more confident and doesn't, he you know, doesn't know anyone there, whatever the case may be, you know, take that into account too. But at the end of the day, it is your wedding, and you deserve to have the day that you want, um, the day that represents the two of you. As you are, you know, as your cup, as a couple, this is you starting the next phase of life together. And um, you know, I I think it's very important to consider your guests. But I also um, I'm a people pleaser, so I err on the side of I overly consider my guests, um, and I I consider myself less. So and um, yeah, so you know. Split the difference on that. Try not to be the people pleaser. Try not to be. This is all about me. Um, and you know, find a, a way to have the conversation that feels good at the end of it. Um, if you aren't going to bring in any any um, plus ones, you know, have a conversation and have a respectful conversation with your your friends um, or family that may be you know, less than a hundred percent satisfied with that. So, um, all right, that is, I know this is a fast episode and I feel like I'm speaking super fast today. Um, but I am actually headed out of town for Thanksgiving and this episode is going to drop on Thanksgiving. So I am squeezing this in between other things and, um, that's it for today. That's all I've got time for. So, um, if you are interested in sending us questions for future episodes, um, we love them. They're, it's really fun to answer them. It's nice to like step into putting on that hat um, instead of just my normal interview MO, um, which is what I'm normally doing on this podcast. So it's it's fun to have those questions on The Wedding Dish. So you can send those to us. Um, and thank you so much for tuning into The Wedding Dish Podcast. I am really really value all of your input and, and I value – all that you all took time to send me these questions. It's really – it's nice that you're listening and I appreciate your engagement and everything. So I hope you're having a wonderful Thanksgiving and um, you can find us over on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast. You can also check out our website, theweddingdishpodcast.com to read show notes, apply to be a guest, grab the transcript from today's episode and all of our episodes. Because because we are accessible. And you can donate to us if you want so we can keep bringing you juicy wedding tips and tricks from couples and wedding pros alike. Don't forget to tune in next week. We're actually taking a week off um, because I am leaving town and seeing family for the first time in 20 months. Woo! Um, So then if you uh, you're going to miss one week, but then you can tune in the next week for um, for the following episode. And we are almost finished with this season. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. Um, And again, if you want to get questions answered or submit a story to share with us on The Wedding Dish, you can send us a DM on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And if you like the podcast, please follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Until we meet again, cheers.